God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, what a Sunday to be able to remember the beauty and goodness of God's intent for the world. Actually, more than God's intent, because of course, after he makes it, he says that it is, yes, and actually after he makes humankind, he says that it is very good, very good, very good. God was pleased. What a Sunday to hear in the beginning. When God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. What a Sunday to be reminded that there is no wind, no star, no molecule upon the face of this earth, no person that has not been called into existence by God. What a Sunday to be reminded that the boundaries of day and night, of the sea and of the land, that order itself is a gift from God. What a Sunday to be reminded that all humankind has been created in the image of God. And what a Sunday to hear the promise of Jesus spoken to all who follow him. I will be with you to the end of the age. I say what a Sunday because while all of what our scripture says to us is true, we're grappling with the dissonance between that loving divine intention and the vivid evidence that the country we love is more horribly marred by racial injustice than many had realized. And that is disturbing on at least two levels. The first, is that the daily suffering of our black brothers and sisters is far greater than has been understood by many white Americans. The police killing of George Floyd didn't occur out of the blue. It was a depressingly familiar event. And second, while I can only speak for myself here, I haven't been paying enough attention to that suffering. Yes, I've read some books and I've had conversations with black colleagues and friends and I am so thankful for that patient and loving investment in me over the years. This morning I was reminded of the incredibly patient docent who gave us a tour of Elmina Castle in Ghana on the west coast of Africa. We were visiting our son and we took a trip to this castle that was originally built for gold extraction by the Portuguese, but ended up after um, 
after the Dutch came and then the English being the principal castle out of which most of the slave population came through to the Americas. But this man, he was a Ghanaian Christian and there was such a spiritual depth to his tour in the truth it exposed and the love and hope that he proclaimed to us. But despite the grace of these conversations, I confess my engagement over the course of my life has been spotty at best and overall deficient. Despite those words of Christ, in, as we heard in that wonderful hymn, in voice of friend and stranger, I suppose I've clung to the grace part and not really dug into the truth part. I have not invested consistently in the work of repair in the many ways that are open to me. And I certainly have very rarely spoken about racial injustice in the pulpit. In the words of James Cone, while I have had eyes to see black suffering, I have lacked the heart to feel it as my own. I have not invested as though it was my child whose life was at risk. Now I know that here at St. George's there actually have been a number of saints of God who have invested lovingly and faithfully over the years in many ways uh, through the Episcopal School of Nashville, through relationship uh, for reading, tutoring reading at Buena Vista Elementary School, uh, through SGEM, and I'm sure through many other ways that I actually don't even know about, that I look forward to knowing about. But, um, but I'm, I'm really just speaking for myself and, and to maybe some of you who are feeling similarly. On the one hand, we are deeply troubled by the injustice that we see, but on the other hand, we are aware that to fully invest in the restoration that is necessary, well, it will require a new level of feeling and loving that has been realized in our own heart thus far. As our Book of Common Prayer says in the Prayer for the Human Family, we need Jesus to break down the walls that separate us and unite us in bonds of love. But strangely, it seems this time of violent upheaval may be forming something new. Even while so many who have been advocating in this struggle for their whole lives, even though they are feeling exhausted, there is renewed energy for change. Perhaps it is like a wind from God sweeping over the waters. And if that is so, then perhaps there is hope. When God is on the move, when love is on the move, hearts are changed. Obstacles to right relationship are broken down and true peace, which is rooted in justice for all, can flourish. Thinking of God on the move, last week I was taking a closer look at the beautiful carved wooden stations of the cross 
that are hung on the walls of Johnson Hall. I was struck particularly by the one depicting Jesus before Pilate. The irony of the whole thing. Pilate being in the position to pass judgment on Jesus. Or the other way around. God himself entering into the place of the accused Jew, the the innocent accused Jew, before a crooked Roman official. God not only has eyes to see suffering, God has the heart to feel it as his own, to make it his own. And look where that took him. Look how he invested. Look how the heart of God has made our sufferings his own through Jesus, his son. Jesus said to his followers, I will be with you until the end of the age. And that wooden stations of the cross is a window into what being with entails on God's part. You know, I have to confess, I often, when I think, when I hear that phrase of Jesus being with me at the end of the age, I sort of see him in this white robe, and there he is, sort of hovering in a nice way beside me, getting me through things. But actually, the stations of the cross shows us a different being with. And it is a being with that we need to look at right now. There has been much debate about exactly what it means that humans are made in the image of God. Some would parse those words very carefully and come up with the idea that it is in our community identity that we are image bearers. The way the actual Hebrew grammar goes, it reads like this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. The direct object changes uh, from singular to plural. And of course, in our translation, it's both translated plural, them and them, in uh, a desire to make sure that nobody feels left out. But there's actually something quite profound in the way in which this mysterious scripture of the Old Testament points to somehow a God who is one and a God who is community. Three persons in loving agreement and action. And then there are also those who have seen that our image of Godness uh, really has to do with our reason, our ability to choose, that God gave us, you know, unlike our beloved dogs, which are clearly, you know, in the image of God in some ways. Uh, He gave us the ability to choose and to reason. But I read most recently that actually we can't really understand what being made in the image of God is until we have seen Jesus. Jesus is what it means to be made in the image of God. And if that is true, and we consider the trajectory of his life and his ability to make our suffering his own, then maybe being made in the image of God has something to do with that capacity of the heart. 
that we could take on the sufferings of others as our own, which would be consistent with Jesus' teaching, love your neighbor as yourself. And when I think of that, I realize Jesus would not command us to do something that he has not, in fact, empowered us to do. Jesus says, I will be with you until the end of the age. And in that being with, he is with us in our suffering. But he is also with us in empowering us to take on the suffering of others as though it were our own. I wanted to end this with a prayer for the human family. Please pray with me. Oh God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love. And work through our struggle and our confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations and races may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.